Good morning. We're reading Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1, going through to verse 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a, a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left, left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem, And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. G'day everyone, my name is Scott. It's so good to be with you this Christmas morning. Uh, I'm going to start today by playing you a short clip from a movie. Uh, Here it is. Given our parts in the nativity play, (gasps) and I'm the lobster. The lobster? Yeah. In the nativity play? Yeah, first lobster. There was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus. It's a fun little clip, isn't it? It is. Uh, Now, we just read the story of when Jesus was born, and believe it or not, there were no lobsters present, were there? But I wonder if you noticed, so many of the little details that we expect to see just aren't actually there at all. Uh, it's, It's not your average Christmas card scene, so there's no donkey in sight for Mary to ride on. It's likely that her and Joseph would have walked the whole way from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, a long journey. Uh, There's no mention of the callous innkeeper keeping them at bay when Mary's about to pop. It's just that the guest room isn't available, probably because there's plenty of other family members who've come back for the census as well. And so Mary and Joseph aren't in the guest room, they're out the back in the manger, which is probably a nice thing, given the craziness of a, a gathering of relatives who haven't seen each other for a long time. Some of us are preparing for that this afternoon. 
And we also often think of the farm animals that are crowding around baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph at that, uh, on that first Christmas night. And they may have been there, but there's no mention of them here at all. A lot of the stuff we expect to see just isn't there. It's not your average Christmas card uh, a scene. In fact, I don't know if you noticed, it's, it's quite bare bones, isn't it? it? It starts and then it's over before you know it. They get to Bethlehem and verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And that's it. It's kind of done in two sentences. We're all here waiting for something, for something really big to happen and, and then it's all over before we know it. Uh, when I was younger, I was really into uh, the UFC, uh, mixed martial arts. And I tried, I, I thought this was really fun. I'm not, not participating, mind you. My uh, physical prowess is not that great. But um, I tried to get my dad into it, into watching it with me. So I figured, I figured out the way I'd do this. There was going to be a big bout coming up. The two top heavyweights, uh, these guys, at the, the pinnacle of their careers, going toe-to-toe, head-to-head. It, it was the most hyped up match in years. So I thought, this is the scene to get my dad to watch. But then it was all done in 64 seconds. <laughs> if my dad, I'd kind of hype this up as a big, great thing to come and see uh, and, and join in me and what I like, and it was all over too quickly. I can feel like a, a bit like that with the birth of Jesus. His birth is supposed to be this super big thing that we're waiting for, that we're hanging on the edge of our seats to see. And within two sentences, it's all done. Is that what Christmas is all about, just over so quickly? Why? Why cover this in? Why not give us more details? Isn't this what we're here to see? But that's just the thing, isn't it? That Jesus' birth is a big deal. But the details of his birth, like the time that he was born and how much he weighed and, and how many donkeys were looking on as, as it all happened, the details of the birth aren't really what makes this significant. In fact, to see the significance of Jesus' birth, we've got to listen to what the angels say just after it happened. See, while Mary is sitting there, no doubt relieved that finally childbirth is over, Outside the township of Bethlehem, some shepherds are kicking back. You can imagine they've probably had a big day, as most days are for farmers. Time to put their feet up. And just then, verse 9 happens. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Which makes sense because... Uh, angels in the Bible aren't the little garden cherubs that we're used to. The angels are big, uh, scary, mean-looking dudes, more like the UFC guys before. But the angel says, no, 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 I've got good news for you guys uh, because a special baby has been born. And you know that the baby is special because of what he's called. He's called a saviour, uh, uh, the Messiah, the Lord. This is a special baby. Then the angel even tells the shepherds how they can go and find the baby. But before they get going, something else happens. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven 
and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. More angels appear, and they all start glorifying God together, praising God. And you can read this and probably think, oh, it's a little bit weird, isn't it? Angels, bright lights from heaven shining around, and, well, it can feel less like a, a, a real event that actually happened, and more like a fairy tale with unicorns and pixies and dragons and all the rest. To use a movie analogy, this is less like the king's speech and more like Frozen 2, with spirit creatures and weird voices and strange messages coming. It can feel a bit not real, but, but did you notice how it all began back in the first verse that we read? The writer, his name is Luke, and Luke wants us to to know that this is an event that really happened. And so he tells us what was happening at the same time. This is the time when Augustus was the Caesar. This is a time when the census took place. In living memory, people would have known this. It was a time when Quirinius was the governor. See, Luke is a historian. He's a details guy. He wants us to know what really happened. And, and if you think about it, if there really is a God... And if he really wanted us to pay attention to something, couldn't he do this? Couldn't he send angels and bright lights so that we wouldn't miss why this baby really is so important? Sure he could, couldn't he? So here again, those words of the angels... Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is an important baby. This is a big event because this is the baby that brings us peace with God. That's what Christmas is all about, really. Christmas is about having peace with God. Uh, this guy on the screen is not a famous man. He just happened to be interviewed by a journalist as he was walking down one of the streets in New York City. Uh, have a listen to his story. This is what he says about his life. <clears throat> I grew up pretty well, honestly. I didn't have bad parents, a little helicoptery maybe, but doing the best they could. I was just a bad kid. I don't even remember a lot of my teenage years. I was popping pills. Uh, when I wasn't alone in my room, I was picking fights with them. I hurt my mother the most because she cared the most. Dad cared, but mum really cared. Throwing me out wasn't easy for her. But one night I had a really bad Xanax high. I blacked out, messed up the whole house. They won't even tell me exactly what I did, but it must have been violent because the cops came. Uh, the court put an order of protection against me. The last thing I said to my parents in the courtroom was, I never want to see or hear from you again. It's, um, it's pretty full on, huh? Uh, pretty raw, pretty real. But can you imagine living in that house with this guy as a teenager? It'd have been totally chaotic, wouldn't it? There's, you can imagine as parents them going, when will we get our kid back? When will peace happen? 
when will things be put right? You know, in many ways, that's, that's my story. And that's your story too. Not exactly. But in one way or another, that's kind of like the way that we have treated God. And so we've ruined our relationship with God. See, so we live in his world, kind of like living under his roof. And we enjoy all the good things that that brings. But if we're honest... Who amongst us has really treated God rightly? Maybe we don't you know, pop pills or whatever, but there are, there are ways in which we kind of push God to the perimeters of our life, want him to get out, effectively say to him, look God, I'd rather not see you or hear from you ever again. Just let me live my life. And you can imagine that's, that's the kind of thing that ruins relationships, doesn't it? There's now, uh, uh, like in the story between the guy and his parents, there's now a tension between us and God. We're not on good terms. We're not at peace with God. Uh, this guy's story doesn't end there, though. He goes on. A few months later, that is a, a, a few months after that uh, day in court, a few months later, I called and begged to come home, but it was too late. My dad just kept saying, I can't. There were long pauses and hesitation, but he stuck to it. It's been 18 months now. I got clean, mainly because I've been living in a shelter and I just don't have access. Right now, I'm trying to get into a long-term shelter, trying to find a job. New York State has some scholarships that I'm looking at. My dad's coming to pick me up in an hour. They've invited me home and I'm scared. It's the first time I've been home in over a year and I'm spending three days with them. I'm just hoping it's like normal, like before all of this happened. And that's where it ends. That's, that's the end of the interview. It's a cliffhanger and there's no season two. You kind of wonder, what's going to happen there between this guy and his parents? Will there be peace? Will things get back to normal or... Or will it end in a mess again? We don't know. The journalist never followed up on it. Here's the good news of Christmas. With God, there is no cliffhanger ending. There's no need to have doubts. Because God says, I have made a way for you to have peace with me. And Jesus is that way. At Christmas, we meet this baby Jesus... Um, he doesn't stay a baby, obviously. He grows up into a man, and as a man, he's the one who takes our blame and our shame and our guilt for all of us pushing God to the fringes of life. And so Jesus brings us forgiveness, uh, a new start with God, peace with God, the relationship healed. And, and that's the message of Christmas. That's the message that the shepherds heard all those years ago from the angels. And that's the message that still means so much for us today. Christmas is about having peace with God. So let me just ask now, what do you do with something like this? What do you do with a God who offers you peace? Well, you take up the offer, don't you? That's, that's, uh, you, you don't just let it go, you take up his offer. Now... If you're here today and you have taken up his offer, 
no wonder Christmas is a good day for you. And I hope today you enjoy that good news that you have peace with God. But perhaps we're here today and you haven't done that yet, haven't taken up God's offer of peace. Um, If that's you, I'm not going to keep you here all day. You've got other things you're going to do. And um, but I do just want to make one invite before I go. Uh, this is the invite. Why don't you keep getting to know this God with us to see if you want to take up his offer of peace? Why don't you get to know this God with us and see if you want to take up his offer of peace? Um, there's a couple of ways you can, that you could do that with us. Uh, the first one is um, come back in January. See, uh, all last year we spent some time asking our friends this question, if you could ask God one thing, what would it be? And in January, we've taken the top four questions people have for God, and we're just going to, in January, each Sunday in January, we're going to see what God has to say about those things. Uh, In your leaflets, you should be able to see details of dates and what those questions are. But why don't you come back and join us in January and just get to know this God a little bit better? to, To hear what he has to say for himself. Or, or, or why not come to our life series? This will kick off in February. It's, it's just a couple of hours over five Tuesday nights. Um, a relaxed time. We'll have some coffee, cake, dessert, something like that. Um, a relaxed night, but we'll think about some pretty big things. We'll hear the claims that Jesus makes about life and himself and about God. Again, the details are there in your leaflets. Um, I won't bore you with them, but we just really wanted to invite you to join us in getting to know this God. Because this God offers us peace with him. A peace that doesn't depend on what we do, but depends on what this baby Jesus has done for us. And that's good news. That's good news at Christmas time, and it's good news at any time of the year. Right now, I'm going to pray and just say thanks to God for what he's done for us. Uh, And if you want to join me in doing that, you can join me by saying amen at the end. Let's pray together. Our God in heaven, we thank you for what you've done. Thank you that even though we'd spoiled a relationship with you by pushing you aside in our lives, we thank you that even though we've done that, you have given us Jesus who comes to bring us peace with you. Please, Father, help us grow to know you better and to love and enjoy this peace more and more in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.